We are talking about identity this morning. As we continue our journey through identity, this is a message that I absolutely love to teach every year when it comes around. I cannot wait to teach this particular message. For those that are reading through still life and, and still journeying through that with us, I hope that you are. We have been talking, uh, I've been reading through identity throughout the month of February. This is a foundational messages of our church, intimacy, identity, and inheritance. And so we begin by just reminding ourselves that the importance of intimacy, identity, and inheritance. And while we would not say that it is like some sort of weird perfection progression where you're like, if I can just get intimacy right, then I will graduate to identity. And if I can get identity right, I will graduate into walking in my inheritance. I want us to understand the reason that we are always coming back to this, the reason that we do this year after year after year is because this is a journey. This is a circular journey. This is a place where we will find ourselves going, I want deeper intimacy. I want to walk in my identity. I want to carry and release my inheritance. And I'm never going to just get it and graduate on to the next thing. I continue to go deeper into into these things in my life. I want us to go deeper into these things as a church and I want you to go deeper into these things as a family and as an individual. And so I remind you that identity, though it is not a, a progression where we just get perfect and we figure it out, I do believe that that identity flows from intimacy. And let me share with you what I mean by that. Because in order for us to walk in our God-given identity, we must first have an understanding of who He is, which means that walking in our identity is the expression of our intimacy with God, which is why the beginning point of inviting Him into our reality, into our messy and broken and whatever else, and discovering that God loves us, that he is a good father, that he doesn't judge us, that he doesn't despise us, that he doesn't throw us away. But he loves us fiercely right in the middle of our lives. If they're messy or if they feel like they're in a season of being put together. He is a God who brings restoration and healing to the broken places of my life. He is a God who calls us up into fresh revelation of who he is and who we are. And who empowers us to walk in freedom over what has previously held us in bondage. Intimacy unlocks our identity in Him. And there's nothing, and I've said this many times, but there's nothing that I want more than for my kids to know who they are and that they are deeply loved. And I believe that that is true of God, our Father, that He wants nothing more than to know that you are His child and that He loves you deeply and that you would draw your identity out of that truth. And His heart is to express that, to teach us that, to show us that. That is His heart towards each of us. And that is why, ultimately, why Jesus came. So when we say teaching intimacy, identity, and inheritance is simply teaching the gospel over and over and over again, this is what I mean by that. John 3, 16. And if you want to, you can sit back and close your eyes and, and I'm going to read these scriptures over you or you can read along with us. I want us to just have a fresh enjoyment and perspective of who Jesus is and what he did to bring us into intimacy so that we can walk in our identity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not die, will not perish, but have eternal life. 
Colossians 1.13, for God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. And Paul says in Romans, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. We were buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. Our new identity is released through Jesus. Now, if we died with Christ, Paul goes on to say, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lived, he lives to God in the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, so that you may say, as, as Paul says in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, this identity that I carry and work live out of, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. If we are in Christ and Christ is in us, we carry his nature right now. That is our identity. That is the good news of Jesus. That is what Jesus came to accomplish and to invite us into. This is his invitation to you and to me. As we say around here, he isn't a way, a truth, a life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. If you are a follower of Jesus, as we often say, that this context in this, is in this room and the way we teach it is set up for those who have said, yes, I'm a disciple, an apprentice, a follower of Jesus. And so we teach from scripture, believing and, and, and empowering and, and pouring into those who have said yes to Jesus. But we also want to make sure that there is ample opportunity every week for you who may not yet be following Jesus to hear that same invitation that Jesus gave to each one of his disciples when he looked them in the eye and said, come and follow me. And they had that choice in that moment to let go of their life and to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. And so we want to continually give that invitation out to you. The first thing I would ask you to do is if you're here this morning and you're like, I'm not following Jesus, but I want to follow Jesus, come and find me after this gathering is done. Come and find me. I want to talk to you. I want to know your name. I want to pray with you. The second thing I would ask you to do just to leave uh, a mark and say, I, 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 this is me, I'm doing that, is that you would text follow to that same phone number, 541 Nine, eight. Oh man, that's not right, is it? You're all getting kicked back right now. Everybody's following Jesus. Is that, is that the right number? It's not the right number. Okay, time out, everybody. 541-982. There it is. 4576. 541-982-4576. If you text it to, to 541-987, Jesus sees it. It's all good. You're fine. Come see me. 
So, someone's getting texts right now. They're like, what, why is everybody saying follow? What, to, follow? What sort of the universe is giving me a secret message? Text them, text them back real quick and say, like, come to Living Waters. 541-982-4576. Because of Jesus' life and death and resurrection and enthronement, we are invited into a relationship that brings us face to face with him. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We who are already, uh, who we already are in Christ becomes our reality and our identity as we look to him. So my question for every single one of us in this room this morning is who are you? Who are you? Peter had a similar conversation with Jesus, but it started with a different question. Jesus asked, who am I? In Matthew 16, the story goes, Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Who do people say that I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and on the gates, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. The rock that Jesus built his church on was the revelation of who he was. And he promised Peter, that even the gates of hell would not overcome it. But in that conversation, he changed his name. He said, you are now Peter. And that means rock. And on that rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Revelation shows us who we are. Or sorry, revelation shows us who he is. Who do you say that I am? So that he can show us who we are. And like Kate talks last week about Gideon and our introduction to our kingdom self. When God, our Father, speaks who we are, we must rise into it by faith. In Luke 3 and in Luke 4, there's a couple passages of Scripture that I'm going to reference this morning. And if you would like to read them later, it's Luke 3. Uh, the second half of Luke 3 talks about Jesus' baptism. And then Luke 4, 1 through, 20, or 1 through 15, talks about Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. And so we have this reality that our identity is spoken to us through revelation. When we see who he is and we can declare who he is, then he is able to speak to us about who we are. But when that identity is spoken to us, we have this moment and a choice that continues to come to us to say, will we rise up and walk in this identity that the Lord is speaking over me? We have to rise into it by faith. In, the, in Luke 3, when Jesus is baptized, he comes out of the water and he's praying and it says that the heavens parted and the presence of the Holy Spirit came down and rested on him like a dove and the Lord spoke, God spoke over him and said, this is my son whom I love and I am proud of him. That was the identity that Jesus had to rise into, had to 
had to uh, live from. And in that place and in that moment, he hadn't done a single miracle. He hadn't healed anyone. He hadn't done any of those things, but he was loved and he was a son and his father was proud of him. But as we say yes to that identity and we say, this is who you are. And I just want to declare who you are. And in response to that, he's able to speak to us about who we are. We have a choice of rising up into that identity. And here's maybe the good news, maybe the bad news. But in order for that identity to be concrete, to, for it to become real to us, it is tested. And we see that in Jesus where the Holy Spirit, it says in Luke 4, that the Holy Spirit led him out into the wilderness to be tempted or to be tested. But in our identity, the places where it is pushed back on, pushed back on or tested, those become places where it is foundational to our life. If it can be pushed on and it just disappears, then it is just theory. But if we are choosing to say, no, I am going to stand in this even when it's hard, even when I crumble and I have to rise back into it, this is who my Father says I am and I will continue to stand in it even when it is tested. And in Luke 4, says that Jesus was full of the Spirit and he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. And I'm not sure exactly what to do with this theologically, but I do know that there are places in our lives where the Spirit leads us into the wilderness, into the quiet places, into the fasting seasons, where things are not easy, where things are not handed to us, where everything isn't laid out before us and we have to fight for what we truly believe and who we truly are. And he leads us into those so that we will be established in our identity and that we will have that strength to stand in it as life continues to push against us. And in that wilderness place, as Jesus fasted for 40 days in Luke 4, the enemy comes to him, the devil comes to him and begins this conversation with him and says, if you are really God's son, if you are really God's son, what is that? A direct contradiction to what his father had spoken over him when he was baptized. If you're really God's son, then maybe you should prove it. Maybe you should do this thing or that thing. And his identity was put to the test. And sometimes we make the mistake of believing that the devil came to Jesus to try to make him sin so that he wouldn't be able to do this or this or this. But it wasn't to try to get him to sin or misbehave. And it's the same thing for you. Listen, your enemy isn't trying to get you to do bad things. He's trying to get you to give up your identity in Christ. He's after far more than getting you to break some sort of religious rules. He wants your identity. He wants to steal from you who your father says that you are. And so the enemy tempted Jesus and came to him and said, if you're really God's son, then why don't you turn these stones into bread? Prove it by what you can do. And then he took him where he could see all the nations on the earth. And he said, why don't you take on and worship me and I will give you all of these things. Why don't you find your identity in what you have, in your possessions and having rulership over all of these nations? And then he took him up to the temple, above the temple courts where all the people would be gathered. And he said, throw yourself off and prove that you are God's son because certainly he will rescue you in front of all of these people. And all of these people will say, oh, that's God's son. Like, define yourself by what people think of you. 
But the wilderness was a place where the enemy thought that he would find Jesus depleted. He thought he would find Jesus, oh, it's 40 days of fasting. He's going to be hungry and he's going to be worn down and he's going to be tired. But let me tell you this, when we are willing in our lives to break away from the easy and to go into the wilderness places and to say, I am fully dependent on you day after day after day, I will persevere in trial. I will persevere in struggle. I will persevere, persevere and pursue you and I will fast from what is normal in order to be in a place to receive my identity from you. When the enemy comes to attack you, he will not find someone who is weak. He will find someone who is strong. He will not find someone who is crumbling before temptation, but like Jesus who is able to say, no, no, Scripture says this. Scripture says this. Scripture says this. The truth is this. And he will find someone who has now gone from this place of like, when life is easy and my identity is whatever, and it's li, 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 that's when I'm susceptible to temptation. But when I've come to a place where everything is stripped away and I just have to cling to Jesus, the enemy's going to find with his temptations that instead of breaking my identity, he's actually helping me establish my identity because the places that he attacks in you are the places that your father wants you to stand in. And it becomes an indicator of places where he has uniquely assigned you places of identity to say, how does the enemy come after my identity? Those are the places that the father has given you uniquely of who you are in him. Don't be discouraged if the Holy Spirit is pulling you away to a wilderness place, to a desert place. None of us want it, right? You guys, no, we don't want it. We don't want to go there. But it is in meeting Jesus in that place that when these lies come against who we are, they become so clear and easy to spot from so far away. And we're like, no, don't come with that. I've seen the real thing. I've been with him. And it is his presence, his glory, his face-to-face -face reality that comes through Jesus that is transforming my identity and allowing me to stand in who I am. And then just then, maybe we can grasp a little bit of what this verse in James means. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And the neat thing I love about that story of Jesus going into that place of perseverance and faith being challenged and allowing that perseverance to finish its work so that he would be mature and complete and not lacking anything, is that the story says that Jesus walked into the desert full of the Spirit, but when he walked out, he walked out in the power of the Spirit. And I believe there is something transformative that takes place in the wilderness places of our life, that we can say, I am full of him, but as I walk into this place and I come out the other side, I am now moving in power because what is has become so real that my identity is something that I now own and wear and am. And when we are in that place of synchronicity with our identity in Christ, we move with authority and power in the spirit of God that we never have when our identity is always in question or in doubt. The Spirit of God rests in power on the places in our life where our identity is secure in Christ. What changed in Jesus? 
He confronted the lies against his identity and he established his identity and his truth in who the father said that he was. He wasn't easy to tempt. He wasn't depleted. He wasn't alone. He was ready. And he was able to walk out of that season in the power of God. And as you guys know, for the next three and a half years, Jesus moved in power. Because why? Because he had established his identity in that place of testing. And that's what I want for each one of us is that we walk through hard things that allows our identity to be established in a way that we're able to carry that authority and that truth and that simple contentment in every area of our life. So our question this morning is, have you answered Jesus' question, who do you say that I am with some say or from a place of revelation? As we said at the beginning, it is through, revela through revelation that we are able to see who God is, but it is in seeing who God is that he's able to impart back to us who we are. But if we answer that question that Jesus answered or asked and, and some of the disciples were saying, oh, some say you're this and some say you're this and some say that you're this, but he stopped them and he said what? But who do you say that I am? And if we are answering the question of who God is, with some say this, my family says this. My church tells me this. My husband, my wife tell me this, that you're like this, that you're like this, that you're like this. You will never walk in identity if we are living in an answer that is some say you're like this, like this. And Jesus would say to you so kindly, so kindly, I love who everybody else in your life says that I am, but that's not what you get to live off of. What you're going to live off of is who do you say that I am? It is a personal revelation of who God is through scripture, through our prayer life, through us wanting to say, I wanna be face to face with you that I would know who you are and I can answer that question for myself. This is who you are. And then we have the honor of standing under that revelation and he can impart back to you who you are to him and you get to rise into that. Are we answering that question with some say? Are we finding our identity in Christ? Or are we finding our identity in what we do? Make these stones into bread. Are we finding our identity in what we have? You can have all of these nations. You can have all of these things. Are we finding our identity in Christ? Or are we finding our identity in what people think of us? These are the questions that we have to answer in the wilderness places of our life. And I would say that he is desiring nothing more than to take you into some of those quiet places, to fast from the identity lies until you find yourself only in who the Father says that you are. I want to ask you this question as you just maybe put your stuff aside for a moment and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us. We ask that you would bring healthy conviction, but zero reception of shame. You are not bringing shame. You are not the one who brings shame. And so if I feel shame right now, I can reject that and say, that's not from my father. I don't receive it. But Lord, when you quicken my heart and you bring conviction, I wanna be ready to turn 
I want to be ready to lay down my way of thinking and receive your way of thinking. I want to be ready to look into your face and say, I want to know who you are for myself so that you can speak your identity over my life. I want to let go of these places that are distracting me and pulling my eyes and heart away from you. That is conviction. And it doesn't need shame to create change. And so as we invite you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts, I want you to ask yourself this question. Are there any places in your life, your body, your heart, or your mind that are finding their worth, finding their purpose, or are defined by what you can do? There are places in my life, my body, my heart, my mind that are defined by what I can do. Are there places in my life, my body, my heart, or my mind that are defined by what I have? What I possess, what I have accumulated, what I have accomplished, what I have saved up, what I have built. Are there places in my life, my body, my heart, my mind that are defined by what people think of me? Or I put more time, energy, and attention into what people are thinking of me than just simply sitting and reminding myself moment by moment what you say and who you say I am that I let what people think of me or say about me or believe about me or whatever it is to create anxiety in my heart, to rob me of sleep, to rob me of joy, to make me go after things that are, are not who I am, but I feel like I have to, to please others and hit the mark. I'm being defined by what people think of me. And in each of these areas, you're allowing me to step out from under that life, out from under that place and the enemy is bringing these lies to tempt me. But we also believe that as these lies hit, they're allowing us to become established in our true identity. In each of those places, I would ask that you surrender those to the Lord right now. And this is just a beginning step. This is a daily, this is a daily. I wish we could have one prayer time on a Sunday morning in February of 2024 and be like, that one time when I just established that all three of these major areas of my identity were in Christ and the pastor prayed over me and that was it. I need you to understand that the Holy Spirit is inviting you right now to link arms and hearts and walk out this journey with him it is a choice for us to rise into who he says that we are, but he wants to walk that journey with us. And so as he brings those places to mind, whether they're big or small or reminders of moments, huge moments in your life where you're like, I have always lived based on my values and what I can do. 
Or maybe you're just seeing in small ways, man, this week I did this, I did this, I did this. Whatever it is, he is speaking to you. And if he is speaking to you about that area, he's asking you to turn in a form of repentance, to turn from your way of doing things and lay that before him and open your arms and hearts, hands and hearts before him and just say, Jesus, I wanna know who you are in that area so that you can speak identity to me in that area. I wanna release this so that I can receive. And I want you to hear this. You can feel a little bit undone right now, but in Christ, you are who God says that you are. And you're gonna live out who you believe you are. And so my heart is that you would believe to the depths of your soul who he says that you are. You will live out of that place. You are deeply loved. You are completely forgiven. You are fully pleasing. You are totally accepted. And you are absolutely complete in Christ. When he looks at you, he speaks over you. You are my child. I love you. I am proud of you. And when you hear him say that, you think, yeah, but these areas that I just saw, I got to fix this. I got to fix this. I got to fix this. No, you have to receive this truth. I love you. You are my son. You are my daughter. I love you. I am proud of you. Receive that truth into that area. Let it break those lies and just live renewed out of that simple truth. Just live out of it. Live out of it. Begin to make this your daily prayer. I am your son. You love me. And you are proud of me. And as you make that your daily prayer, as you make that your true identity, all of these other places where you're running around and striving and performing and earning and proving, those all begin to diminish in the light of the truth that you are already a son or a daughter. You are already loved. He is already proud of you. Let that be your truth. Live out of that. Stop striving, stop straining. Stop performing, stop earning, stop worrying about what everybody thinks of you or what they're this or what that. I know when I say it that way, it makes it sound like it's so easy. Just stop it. Like Kate said to me, I don't know what it was. I'm just feeling really tempted in this area. And she's like, well, don't be tempted. What did you say to me? Well, just don't be tempted. It sounds so easy. Just live out of your identity. I know it sounds so easy when I say it, but you're sitting here going, it's not. I know, I know. And this is the hardest thing for me to say to you. Is that there just may be places where you have to have a willingness to let go of some of these places that have connected purpose and identity to you. And you may have to let those go. You may have to release those and say, would you take me away from this relationship that I'm finding identity in? Would you take me away from this thing that I'm finding identity in? Would you take me away? And I'm not saying let's all go quit our jobs and leave our this and that. I'm not saying that. 
But what about a willingness? When Jesus had this identity spoken over him, what was the very next thing the Spirit did? Led him into the wilderness to spend 40 days with him. Not just to be tempted, but to spend 40 days with his Father so that that identity and that truth could be established in his heart. What if this reality is he's speaking that over you this morning and you simply have to say yes to the journey into the wilderness that the Spirit would lead you on? To go, oh my gosh, I am finding my identity in this and this and this. And I'm asking Holy Spirit to lead me away to a new place, to a new journey with him. Even if temptation follows, I will know because I've spent that time in that space with him. Consider it pure joy. When you face trials, testings, because we are establishing perseverance and faith and identity in Christ. Amen? Amen. I love teaching that message, but I really just, I, d I don't want you guys to just hear it. I know year after year, you're like, yeah, Ryan, we got it, man. We can teach this one for you. I know you could. And I hope that you are. I hope you're teaching it to everybody around you. But let's allow it to be something deeper in our hearts this morning. Worship team, as you guys come back up.